Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. On this show, I interview life coaches, business coaches, and other coaches to discuss all aspects of coaching and business. We'll also take your questions, and you might have the opportunity for live coaching right on our show. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz with Ingenuity Coaching. I help people transitioning from corporate America to entrepreneurship. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. If you're listening live and you want to call in with a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. You can also go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash coachandrew and join our chat room. You can also post questions there and talk amongst yourselves. Tonight I have an unusual guest. Uh, the, the past 14 shows I've been speaking to other coaches and now I'm going to speak with someone who writes about the world of coaching. Mark Joella is known as the Coach Reporter, the community-supported journalist at the nonprofit Coaching Commons, covering the field of coaching worldwide. An Emmy Award-winning broadcast journalist, Mark's worked at television stations from Grand Junction, Colorado, to New York City, and covered stories around the world. He's also written for the New York Post and got his biggest exposure as a news anchor, not on a big story, but in a cameo on Fox's 24, when Mark appeared as a grim Fox News Channel anchor reciting the death toll after a nuclear blast in California. Since leaving Daily Television News, Mark has blogged about the business at Local Newser, coached journalists and others on media skills, and with his wife, Tiffany, begun a wine, a wine and travel website, Vinatrek. In New York, Mark can be seen weekly on Tony Senecal's WPIX show, Tony on New York, where Mark's investigated a troll museum and learned how to eat fire at a Coney Island freak show. Mark and Tiffany live in Brooklyn with three dogs, a cat, and a strong desire for more space. Mark, are you with us? Andrew, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So uh, I don't know if I uh, if you know about this, but I, I recently had a little surgery, so my voice is very cracky still, and hopefully uh, I won't uh, crack too badly today. No, no cracking. But if you if you need, I, I do know how to show you how to eat fire, and that tends to fix things. Oh, that sounds great. I uh, I'm looking forward to learning how to eat fire. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I was I was thinking that there were I was hoping that there was a trick to it. But at the uh, at Coney Island, I found out it it really is. You just close your mouth around it, and it goes out. Ah, okay. Not, no, no, no terrible damage. No. So uh, I don't know. That could be. A, there could be a coaching lesson in there somewhere. And you could have that uh, sponsored by Tabasco, perhaps. Or something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, that sounds great. Perhaps a cold beer. I don't know. I think a cold beer might might really be in order. So um, I got to take a good look at your at the site you've been on recently, and uh, I actually got to read one of your articles today, The Coaching Commons. Uh, I did not know about The Coaching Commons until, uh, actually, let's, uh, I'm going to talk about how you and I know each other, which is very okay. interesting. The uh, Everybody likes to talk about social media these days, and I learned of you when you retweeted, I think you retweeted my show. I'm not right. certain. Yeah, okay, you re- you retweeted my show, and I saw that in my in my uh, tweet deck, and I go, oh, well, who is this fellow? 
who who looks like Superman. Of course, that's because you're using a picture of Clark Kent. Right. And the coaching the uh, the the uh, the coach reporter. And um, I said, oh, let me let me see who this what this guy's about. I looked at your Twitter page, and that led me to the Coaching Commons, which is a, a very excellent online newspaper. And a lot of people who listen to the show may never have heard of this before. So why don't you tell me a little bit about it? The Coaching Commons started a, uh, about a year and a half ago, and it's a, it's a nonprofit effort. And I think the concept there is to have a place where coaches of all kinds, uh, you know, life coach, business coach, whatever kind of coaching you do, if you, if you engage a client or, or someone else in a, in a coaching relationship, uh, you're invited to join the conversation there. And... Um, it's kind of a uh, like you might expect to find in a in a kind of a in a common area where there's some very serious content involving research that's being done you know universities like Harvard and, and other schools around the world uh, about the effectiveness of coaching and uh, lighthearted stuff um, uh, about coaching you know um, it, it's it's a, a whole range and it's a, it's a Right now, there's a very active discussion going on about a, a piece that I wrote about uh, certification. You know, the, the major uh, coaching federations uh, all offer certifications and uh, accreditations, and there's there's a debate about uh, whether there was some research done that suggested that uh, you know it, it makes you professional if you have mm-hmm. this accreditation, and uh, it's something that uh, that uh, is is good for the, the field of coaching as it becomes a profession. And when I reported the story, I, I uh, asked coaches around the world, I said, you know, how often do people ask you about that when shopping for a coach? And I had people say, never. never no one's ever asked me about that. And uh, it's different than, say, uh, going in and meeting with a, with a surgeon where everybody says, you know, okay, where did you go to school and are you board certified? Now, nobody... Maybe most people don't know how to define what board certification is for a mm-hmm. surgeon, but they have an idea that that's something they should probably ask about, whereas you know, certain certifications that coaches have, most people have not heard of them and they, and they haven't heard about the, the, the different agencies and the federations like ICF that, that, that offer them. And uh, this got a really big debate going. And um, some people say, you know, Coaches don't need to be professional. They just need to provide their clients with a service. And others said, you know, if we're going to be a profession, we have to have standards and uh, codes of ethics. And someone else came in uh, and said, you know, maybe the way to do that is to become licensed by the government. And Mm. others said, that's a terrible idea. You know, it's an interesting place where, you know, you'll find coaches from all kinds of uh, places in the world, and I've found that very interesting, a lot like Twitter, where, you know, you can really engage with people uh, that are very different, um, but, but get discussions going, and, and uh, I think that was what the original intent was, was just to have a place where the field of coaching could kind of come together, share ideas, uh, in my case, provide some original reporting on the field that uh, the folks who put the site didn't think was happening right now, and... Um, as, as another way of, of spurring the conversation. Yeah, I, I really uh, like what I have seen so far. Actually, that the article that you just spoke of is the one that I read. And I found that um, that's a great discussion 
regarding uh, the certification, the uh, licensing possibilities. I, I was thinking about the world of uh, real estate, where if you want to call yourself a realtor, you have to have a registered trademark after it, and they they will really stomp on you if you don't right. put that in the newspaper without a capital R. Right. In every yeah. other sentence. Yeah, that one of the coaches I interviewed who for the piece, as you probably saw, you know, and he's a coach, a business coach in the UK, and he says, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would just, you know, consider them call themselves an architect if they weren't an architect, you know, but but. All kinds of people use the word coach, and it's even, you know, if you just search on Twitter or engage in other forms of social media, you'll see people whose Twitter names are, you know, I'm the cholesterol coach, or, <laughs> you know, I'm the, you know, right news for you coach. And, and there's, you know, it's an interesting conversation whether that helps or hurts coaching. I mean, you, you can't take back the fact that, there are, there are sports coaches, and that, that's a kind of a different thing. But some, of course, would argue it's not, it's not that different. And there are my dogs. They're uh, I, on. Well, I thought maybe you were just, you know, barking up the wrong tree there for a second. <laughs> no, I'm oh. sure that people feel that way. Um, yeah, that's uh, – I find that the, the people have asked me, you know, the, the very same question about where have you coached, uh, where have you where have you studied? Do you have uh, what's your background? I I often get those questions, not generally though from people who are looking for coaches. Mm-hmm. I I normally get them more from people when I tell them what I'm up to, and they say, and they, a lot of people have not even heard of coaching as a profession or as a career, whatever term you want to use for it yet. Right, but there, there are different there are kind of different approaches, and I, I know that I know that you, if, if I'm not mistaken, you know kind of describe yourself as a, as a certified professional coach. That's and how I describe myself. And that's, now, I am not a certified coach by the, uh, by the ICF at this point. I am certified by the ICA coaching school that I went to, mm-hmm. I, which is an ICF-accredited school. So I'm in the process of going for the ICF certification. Right. And, and I think that's where, that's where some of the, the conversation goes. With exactly. The, you know, it's hard for the, the, the client to understand what all of these different things mean. Um, of course, the, the other question is they have to know enough to ask, and uh, you know, that may go coach by coach. And then the, the flip side of the argument, of course, if you read through some of the comments on, that, on the Coaching Commons page uh, about that article was, you know, just because you're certified doesn't mean you're any good. And, that you know, is correct. Just because you're a professional doesn't mean you're not going to be a horrible coach to work with, whereas just because you're not professional, not certified, not accredited, doesn't mean you, you couldn't completely change somebody's life for the better. Um, but this is the kind of thing that at least it's, it's a place to go to, to talk about it. And, uh, and because it's a nonprofit, it's not, it's not really geared. No, no one's trying to sell you anything. Um, sure. The, the conversation is, is free. You can you can also register there, and, and then uh, a lot of the the content will you'll get notices when things happen. Like there are, there are you know discussions and uh, you know articles about research and, and stuff. A lot of good stuff that's valuable. And um, but I think um, it's it. I think most coaches of of all kinds would probably find something there of interest, even if it's just even just to network with other coaches, um, because that's what it's just all about. You know, 
Well, I found very interesting the the the, the coaching of a Hall of Fame section, which has uh, a number of different people, many of many of whom I'm quite familiar with in the world of coaching. Some of them are uh, related to coaching, like Martin Seligman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have there, oh, Stephen Covey, and it says, coach, question mark, leader, question mark. Well, um, I, Brian I Tracy, um, yeah. the, the one who's, for me, uh, one of my big influences uh, in this work, who is not listed here, is um, the man with the, the, the very large teeth that you see in the middle of the night. Sure. You know who I'm speaking of? I'm guessing, I'm thinking, is this Tony Robbins? Perhaps? Absolutely. Tony Robbins. I would consider Tony Robbins to be uh, a, a phenomenal coach. I have experienced him as a, uh, as far as his uh, personal power tapes, and I've gone to his workshops. And certainly as somebody who is, who is taking on coaching as, you know, changing uh, changing people's lives, he is probably one of the most successful people in the world. He's also maybe controversial because of how of his methods of of marketing. Right. And um and that's interesting because one of the areas that that I've uh, you know when when I started at the coaching commons as the community supported journalist, I, I did uh basically what I guess any good reporter would do, which is anybody got any story ideas, you know? Uh, anytime I see a, I engage with a coach on on Twitter or um, online anywhere else or on the phone or I, I say what's what are people talking about? And um, one of the issues that I think that coaches are interested in but maybe feel a little weird about is the idea of marketing. I mean, some people obviously some coaches clearly have no qualms about it and they're excellent at it and and they're phenomenal and they're everywhere and you you, you know who I'm, kind of the, the the ones who are the, the most famous who I'm talking about. Sure. There are a lot of coaches who have small practices who don't really know how to market themselves and don't really want to kind of um, – I, I think maybe they're more attached to the work they do one-on-one and, 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 and don't really know how to go about reaching out in that way. Um, but it seems like that's a conversation that with, with, the, with, some, with the opportunities online uh, to build business that, that coaches can learn a lot from, from other coaches. And when I – I see what people are tweeting on uh, on Twitter. A lot of the articles that, that coaches link to have to do with how to grow your business, you know, um, public relations and marketing and, uh, you know, should I sign up with this or has anybody tried that? You know, it seems like there's a really big appetite for that kind of conversation. Absolutely. I think it's something that uh, any of us who are involved in the world of coaching and trying to uh, become successful at making a living within it, need to be, become masters of marketing and learn all the different possibilities there. Right. Now, you, something you just said, though, was interesting about uh, growing your practice, and that goes back to what you said earlier regarding coaching as a profession, mm-hmm. which at the moment it's a uh, nebulous area at, 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 at the very least. I, one of the at least one of those marketing fellow people. I'm not sure if it was a man or a woman. It might have been Milano Lashinsky. I'm not. I'm not certain. Said that not. Don't even uh, look in your in terms of your business in terms of, of it being a practice. Like what? Who am I? Uh, who am I? Um, 
having in my practice because if you look at it in, in terms of a practice as if you were say a psych, psychologist or a psychotherapist mm-hmm. uh you're it's it's a completely different world of uh how to approach creating a business where we're in, we're in, in coaching we're really looking to be able to expand past the constant um finding of of one-on-one clients and what, how else can we make an impact and how else can we create uh, a successful livelihood? Right. That's interesting. That's an interesting point. And that's a story that I'm that I'm kind of playing with right now. And so that 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 it's weird. Yeah, it's an interesting word. I mean, you, you know, you kind of want to you want to respect the fact that you're doing kind of really personal work, but at the same time, you are you are you are a business owner, you know, and, and nobody would say that you're not. Well, I've actually I've taken that on in how I describe myself, and I have stopped using that term. I like to now say that I'm building my coaching business, and I never refer to it as my coaching practice. And I think mm-hmm. as long as there's not a in existence some sort of true professional licensed way of being around coaching, that I wouldn't. I don't think I would. Right. Yeah, that'd be. I would be interested to know what what other coaches, um, how they use that phrase. It's something that it does conjure a certain sort of a concept of of, of what you're up to, and um, that is well, that's interesting. Well, it's got it's gotten. Uh, I notice that some people are very emotional about the entire subject when yeah. they start to bring up. Well, you know, uh, what's your background? What is your qualifications? Uh, uh, did you go to? Do you have a degree in psychology? As if that were even relevant to the conversation, and it's only relevant because they now I need to re-educate somebody or educate somebody about what coaching is, right? Because in their minds they're looking at this is some sort of therapy. If they if that's how they're hearing it, right? Which opens the, up a, a, when you talk about regulation, then you get into and then you get into a different area. If you start doing therapy then, then then you're not really if I'm doing therapy you please you know, call call a policeman and yeah. and get me locked up because that's definitely not my my business I have no training uh or or business being in that and yet I can understand how they they see that there's a lot of relationship of therapy and coaching because you, we do use some of the same skills of asking questions and listening yeah, and and it's interesting that um, one of the people who's recently come on coaching comments to join in the the conversation on that particular area is a therapist who uh, in New Jersey who said she's had a lot of coaches coming to her to talk about you know doing that as a business and um, and she said you know there is a real connection that could work for for therapists and coaches because you know it's like you might need to refer somebody you know um to a therapist when you get into an area that's clearly you're okay if we really go down this particular road we're going to be doing therapy and um it might be time for you to see somebody else for that you know um and i imagine that a lot of business coaches are 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 having these kinds of questions when you are, are dealing with uh with clients who may be out of work and have never been out of work in their entire lives. And uh, there's probably a lot of stuff there that's probably more therapy than, than career coaching. Um, but it, it's an interesting area. 
I've actually had, Mark, several clients. I would say maybe even the majority of clients that I've ever worked with have concomitantly had a therapist. And does that, does that work well? I mean, does that synthesize in a, in a way that makes both of those relationships better? I found that it actually was very helpful, and I've, I was in a, in a position to say, you know, here is something that I think I'd like to – my request is that you bring this to your therapist and get uh, some more uh, feedback there because I – you know, me, either because it wasn't my area or because I also would want to not step on them. Right. And uh, so I sometimes had them run things past. But I, I found that it worked actually uh, pretty well. Right. It does seem like that would be, you know, and and then that also can, you know, as far as the coaching relationship, it's good when you can, uh, when you can kind of get to a place and say, here's something that you can work on in this other place that will help us when you come back. And... Um, and then there may also be an angle to it, you know, business-wise, where, you know, you, you have people who can refer, you can refer people to and, and maybe back the other way as well. Absolutely. So, Mark, why don't you tell me a little bit about how, how you came to be here and what's a, some, some interesting things about you as a journalist? Well, I've been a, um, a television reporter uh, for a while, a long time, and um, uh, that was... A lot of fun. Uh, did that for many years, and uh, had at the at the beginning of this year was in Miami, and uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time was living in New York, and uh, we both wanted to not be doing a distance relationship anymore, and so uh, she came down to Miami and uh, told me that she didn't really like it, at least not to live. Hmm. So. It became a question of okay, then if one of us is going to move, it looks like it's going to be me. So, I uh, I quit that job and uh, and came back to New York where I had worked previously and where we had met. And um, the television industry you talk about, you know, I have a blog where I write about that is going through massive uh, massive change where uh, there just aren't jobs and station TV stations all across the country are, are laying people off in huge numbers and uh, and the the economics of it have changed dramatically and uh, you know at the time my boss said why on earth would you walk away from a good job and I said because I want to have a life you know I want to have a want to have a want to be married and have a family and that at this point to me is more important than than the job he just was he said well I'm not going to let you do that right away you have to think about it ultimately obviously he, he did and I left and I came up here and uh, and uh, we got engaged and got married five months ago and um, but it's kind of um well, let me be the last to say congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the, uh, I was having an interesting conversation just about this kind of issue where a lot of people at the time said, you know, what are you, crazy? But in reporting on coaching, I've engaged with a lot of people who have said uh, there are a lot of people who are having that same kind of conversation with their coaches and with themselves about, you know, what's really important to me right now? You know, the, if I can't count on my job and I have to think about maybe what my what a new job might be, people are making it into a, or are having kind of these larger conversations with their coaches about, you know, okay, not just what do I need to do next, but 
what do I need to do that will really truly make me happy? You know, what will be um, a kind of for the for the as uh, Coach L. Allison uh, has written a book called Ren Renewal Coaching. You know, and she talks about it. You know, like kind of the, the greater good. And uh, and for some th some reason, I think that this while this economic situation we're in right now has got a lot of people suffering and feeling kind of pain and fear like they haven't before. There's something about that where it can kind of get you to open up to maybe things you were too afraid to even experiment with. So there could be, you know, I don't know if you've encountered this with any of your clients, but, you know, there could be something really great about, you know, okay, necessity requires that you look and you might be surprised at what you find. And for me, that's kind of what happened. I, I found my way into a, into a totally different kind of world that's got a lot of new creative things and challenges and I'm very excited about and um, enjoying it a lot. Well, I would, I would agree that the times like these are often the best times for people who are going to create something entirely new and that they might not have, but maybe certainly would not have had the, the, the circumstance not pushed them against the corner where they said, well, what I need to do something different. Right. And then created the new business, a new model of any anything, something entirely different. So many things I think great will ultimately come out of this uh, these quote-unquote hard times. Right. I, I, I think I was just reading something. That, what you said really reminded me of that, that, you know, it's an entrepreneurial time. It's a time when, you know, it, it's the way things have been, continuing that doesn't, isn't the way out. It, it's, you have to try something new. You have to, you have to really create something that will kind of bring something different in. And, um, and, and that's exciting. And a lot of people have, you know, asked me, you know, do you, what do you tell journalists with all these newspapers going out of business and, you know, jobs being lost and so much change? Do you, do you, do you tell students just to figure something else out? And I said, no. I mean, I, there's always going to be a need for people to do journalism, and um, it's just a matter of, you know, if you're invested in the way we've always done it, then, yeah, it's going to be really hard, and that might not be a good way to go. But, you know, people in, in journalism school right now or in college right now, they're on board with Facebook. They, they live that way. They text already. They, they don't need to kind of be educated like people in newsrooms today about, you know, okay, what, what do you need? You need me to shoot my own video on my phone and you know, and then send a hyperlink on Twitter. You know, they're already, that's the, how they communicate already. They'll be fine. They'll find a way to figure out the new way that we do the news in the future. A lot of folks who have been around for a while, it's like, I just want to keep doing it the way we've always done it. I don't want to have to learn a new way. So where do, where do, you, where do you see things going? Um, well, online. Um, and, and, and that's why it's interesting, you know, having the job that I have at, at the coaching commons because it's an experiment. It's a, it's a journalistic experiment. And um, the way it came out, came to be was, uh, uh, you know, it's a non the coaching commons is a nonprofit and it's uh, the uh, philanthropist that, that uh, supports it is a woman named Ruth Ann Harnish who people come to with good ideas and bad ideas. And she kind of decides, you know, which ones she thinks are the good ideas and which ones are worthy of, of, of trying. And this is one she thought was worth trying. Uh, there's a professor at Kennesaw State College down in, in Georgia who 
uh, has been experimenting with models for how to tell how to how to get journalists in places where there aren't journalists or where suddenly there's no money to pay a journalist. And um, he thought that if you could bring someone to a group of people that weren't currently being served, whether that's maybe a small town where the newspaper went out of business um, or a, a, a like-minded group of people, like people who are interested in coaching, who are spread out all over the world. Mm. Um, but you bring them together uh, to kind of have their own journalist. And, um, and that may be a model where people kind of pay the town reporter um, or in this case, you know, at some point pay the, the coaching reporter. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how it works. I mean, there, there's a lot of people trying, as you said, in this kind of entrepreneurial time uh, because they have to find a new way of doing things because just doing it the old way, companies are, are going out of business trying to make that still work. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, but, it, but, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of new ways of doing things on, on uh, you know, online and, and various, you know, uh, we do video at the Coaching Commons and uh, we, we do audio and, uh, and you know, have kind of, it's journalism that kind of keeps growing. Like you write an article and then people talk about it and then th there's more to it and it kind of, it's not, a, it's not a, a printed newspaper that's kind of, that's the finished product. It's kind of ongoing and it's alive and, uh, and, and that's interesting, and you have a because when you do it that way, you have a chance to kind of keep the conversation alive and, and growing over time. It's its own kind of thing, if that makes sense. And, and well, it leads me into a whole other you know thought around you know, you're talking about the printed newspaper, and I've noticed uh, the consistent trend in all publications that I receive and read things like uh, whether it's the newspaper, Time, almost every magazine are getting thinner and thinner and thinner to the point that they're looking like, uh, you know, little brochures compared to what they used to look like. And I'm wondering about the, the whole future of, of printed journalism. And I also wonder what happens when we have, when there's a power shortage and, a, and we're out of batteries. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I remember I, I, I don't really, uh, you know, the last company I worked for in television was a, television station owned by the Washington Post Company and um, you know I haven't picked up a copy of Newsweek I can't I think I might have bought the uh, after the presidential election they put out a, a special issue once every you know every mm -hmm. four years uh, they have a team that just covers the, the campaigns and then I bought that but that was the first time I hadn't uh, you know I, I looked at another copy recently and, and as you said it was really thin like almost like it didn't even seem like a real magazine and then you flip through it and you realize, well, there's no ads in here. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Um, and it doesn't, you, you don't have to really think too hard to, to see this is, not, this is not sustainable the way it is. Uh, no. If, if nobody's buying ads, then how is that supposed to work? There's got to be some new way of bringing some money in. And, um, you know, newspapers are, you know, the interesting thing is that newspapers are, are are dying in the sense that the printing press is is not going to be around forever, but the smart newspapers will be. They just won't. They just won't necessarily be printed. They'll you know they'll be online and they'll be providing new kinds of storytelling. Um, uh, but there's you know so much argument and debate. 
just like in the world of coaching about where where you where do you go from here? Um, journalists are asking those same questions. You know, where where do we go from here? Who's going to be paying us? How are people going to get it? Are they going to pay for it, or is this all got to be supported by advertising? And if it does, how's that supposed to work? Uh, you know, online. You know, can you make can you pay for a newspaper with with Google ads? You know, uh, that was actually my next uh, question. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like two cents a piece. There's, there's no way. Yeah. It, uh, you know, so that's why people are really experimenting with things like what I'm doing, which is you know, okay, what other ways can we get journalists on the job? You know, does it doesn't have to be part funded by charity. You know, the Huffington Post got you know endowed to to begin doing investigative journalism. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that works. Because you know some because investigative journalism that costs money that's not you know that's not cheap stuff and you know international you know coverage you know the having journalists in Afghanistan that's CBS News has a a one what we call it in, in TV a one man band uh, a woman who shoots her own stuff with her own camera and reports it by herself in in Afghanistan. I mean, that, these are the networks that used to have these huge crews with, you know, multiple people. And um, that's just the sort of sign of the times. It's like, wowee, that's scary. Quite a, quite a different world indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I've, I've been trying to get um, to bring the issue of, of coaching to journalists because I think that journalists can really, could really benefit from coaching and I'm, I, I don't know I don't know what your experience has been with kind of lines of work that you know who's more receptive to the coaching conversation and the mm-hmm. coaching relationship versus who's more resistant you know like the kind of like the cliche of Hollywood you know with the with the cop after the after the, sh- the horrible thing happens on the job and they're like you got to go see the, the police therapist like, ah forget it I don't want to talk to that head shrinker you know I think the journalists, I don't know that they're all, uh, I don't know that they really have been among the top fields of looking at into coaching as a way to kind of work through some stuff about when, you're, when your entire field is changing right before your eyes, whether you want it to or not, this might be a good time to have somebody that you can really kind of hash things out with uh, about your, your business and your job. And, um, and I think that one of the things I've tried to do is bring some of what I learned uh, through my reporting at the coaching commons to the journalists who are still struggling and a lot of them are out of work. And uh, I've had a lot of coaches come to me and say, you know, I'll offer my, you know, help. Um, I had a, a, a coach who specializes in, you know, how you, you know, does work with uh, business people on, you know, formatting their, their resumes or their, you know, their, their, their work bios and, you know, how do you take, how do you take a career that's been based in, say, newspaper and try and get a job online? And I think a lot of journalists are struggling with that because they say, well, my resume basically says I'm good for a dead industry. You know, how, mm. do I, how do I tell somebody who's a digital newsroom that I can still do it? And so the, this coach said, you know, I'll, I'll write some stuff uh, that you can share on your blog with journalists about, you know, okay, here's some ideas on how you kind of, Get away from the actual job title and, you know, I worked at this newspaper doing this, and just get into the stuff that's still very relevant, you know. I know how to tell stories or, or whatever it is. And um, I think that the journalists can really benefit from 
and that kind of thing, um, that kind of coaching, because there's a lot going on, and, uh, and there's a lot of smart people in the world of coaching who can offer, like, really nitty-gritty stuff like that, like, okay, how do I reformat my presentation for an interview? Or, and then the bigger stuff, like, okay, I'm not really sure I even want to do this anymore. I've talked to a lot of people who are just, like, fed up, um, and, and they don't want to do it anymore. And so they have the question of, okay, what do I want to do? And there's a lot of coaches that are really good at that, that, you know, as you know, can, can kind of can ask the right questions. And, um, but, of course, journalists, we always think we always know the questions. We'll be doing the question asking. <laughs> that, would, that might be an interesting face-off. Yeah, right. So we don't like to be in front of the, we like to be in front of the camera, but we don't like to be questioned. So, coaches are really good at asking tough questions, and maybe, maybe that's part of the resistance. And I don't even know if that's true. I'm just kind of going on my. I've never known a journalist who had a coach, as far as I know. And um, yeah, I, I haven't uh, experienced that that yet either. And I, it might be very interesting thing to see if that does if that does occur, but. I think it's all about when things change, you need to become a master of reinvention and looking, as you would say, outside of the box and what, what else can be different. So the, the probably the smart journalist who is in the situation of watching their things change and maybe walls falling away around them is going to look to that as a, as a resource if they know about it. Right, and so that's kind of what I've been trying to do. You know, I um, I try to, to spread the word that there is this field, um, as you, as you were saying earlier, like there there are people who who are not aware of it, other than just the kind of the the casual use of the term coach. And um, yes, uh, it seems it seems like it's a perfect time. I mean, I know that I know that a lot of business people. Um, I've talked to some some coaches who work with you know just the absolute upper echelon of executives in the country and, mm-hmm. um, who are dealing with people who are, have never, ever known this kind of insecurity before. And um, there's a lot of really, really smart people um, doing what you do who uh, can, can, can guide you um, through that process of, of getting, you know, Getting to the next step without feeling kind of uh, that it was some kind of defeat. Um, that you know this this can lead to something really interesting. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about um, in regards in regard to uh, some of the people who are out there in the world of coaching. Uh, do you have any stories about people that you have spoken to, and also do you have a is there any sort of a I, don't, I hate to say a dream list, but a Anybody you'd really like to be able to sit down with? You know, I, I've um, there, there. I don't know that I have a, a dream list, unless you know, of people. I've I've been surprised by by just the quality of the people who have come forward and who I've engaged with so far. Um, I found a lot of really, really smart people, and uh, and in interviewing them, I find that, as you probably do, when you I mean when you, you know you interview coaches and um, mm-hmm. 
they're just like really interesting people to talk to, and they ha- they have such interesting takes on life and and living and uh, and in trying to get the word out that I'm there, you know, to, to coaches as a, you know, person who's, who can report on stories and like, you know, you know, if there's something out there that people think is, is worthy of coverage or needs to be covered, you know, I want to hear about it, but I'm on Twitter all the time and I'm, I'm sending messages to people and I'm putting my, telling people what I'm working on and, and, and engage. And then just like, uh, like, like you and I uh, engaged where, you know, I saw that you have a, you know, your show was coming up, and so I retweeted it to let folks know. And um, coaches tend to be really generous in that way, you know, just like with a with a good quote or sure. a really intriguing question um, or an article that, you know, they, they put out. And uh, I find that a lot, you know, especially in the world I come from, journalists are not exactly that generous. You know, we like to – we like to – hold everything pretty close in. Uh, coaches are... So I, so I guess there's no... There, there's not like I'm itching. There's like one person I'm waiting to talk to because I'm really finding that as I just get rolling that the people I'm talking to are just fascinating. And uh, mm. and thanks to technology, I'm talking to people all over the world. I, you know, I've had a few uh, interviews recently. I'm working on a story about coaching in China. And um, I've been on the phone... First thing in the morning, talking to no, sorry, I've been on the phone in the evening, talking to somebody who's having breakfast in Hong Kong, you know, and uh, and that's just that you know that's really fun, and um, uh, I'm enjoying it. And, uh, but yeah. hey, I'm always looking for suggestions. If you, somebody you think I should interview, let me know. Oh, I'm sure I can think of a few people you know, that'll that'll come to me. Uh, there's so many. Uh, so many great books out there that have been very influential, and I would imagine speaking to some of the authors of those books might be might be very interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. We I asked on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. You know what? I asked coaches if what books would you recommend over the summer to other coaches, and um, we put together kind of a top ten list. Not intended to be the authoritative top ten best books ever written on coaching, but rather. If I say to you, what book would you recommend to another coach right now, what would you say? And it was like a really interesting sure. group. We got like a couple textbooks, like a, a student in, in the graduate coaching program at Georgetown recommended a book that, uh, you know, was one of the required readings, you know. Uh, uh, we got some of the ones you'd expect, obviously. And then we got a couple like some fiction books and uh, that uh, a book on um, uh, history a world history that that uh, I'm trying to remember which book this was. It's slipping my mind right now. Um, but uh, the coach that recommended it said, you know, the dynamic between uh, these characters just reminds me so much of the coaching relationship that I think coaches could could really you know read this with that in mind and get a lot out of it. It's kind of interesting. And then uh, of course after I posted the video, everybody started bringing their reading lists up. And that's something that if, if, if people haven't been on the site, they can they can look for and just get some really interesting takes on, you know, uh, what's worth a good read uh, over the summertime. Oh, I'm very interested now in like, taking a look at that. Can, but you, can you think of any off the top of your head? Uh, well, there was uh, Eckhart Tolle was on the list. Um, 
the uh, I put them in usual suspects. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some that you you know that, that you would not be surprised by. I'm trying right. to think of the ones that were um, that were uh, the surprises. Um, it'll, it'll come to me. Just uh, give me a second, and I'll, I'll remember. But naturally, whenever I'm, I'm pressed, I. Like, <laughs> I'll give you a couple of mine while you're thinking. One is Good to Great. Did you ever read that book? No. That's a, it's a study of what, what created the difference between companies that were just good and, what, and became really great. Huh. And I would say for anybody in business, it's probably a must-read. Jim Collins was the author of that book. Another one, a fellow who was in the news today, Rick Pitino, Mm-hmm. That's a book called Success is a Choice. That's good. And I thought it was a terrific book. And another one, um, this is one of, one of the books I give away to people, The Four Agreements. Now, I've heard of that. What is, what is that? The Four Agreements is, a, they call it Ancient Toltec Wisdom. And it's uh, some very, it's four really simple ways of being that if you were to master them, things become a lot different in your life. Uh, something as simple as, 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 as not, not having... Uh, actually, now that the, the, the agreements themselves just went right out of my head, this is the same way that your titles yes. went out of yours. I'm glad. Not yes. glad, but I do feel <laughs> better. You know, it's a, like never make assumptions. It would be a really, really key agreement. Right. And and it's when you start to get that everybody in the world, there goes my voice cracking. It's like it's my alfalfa moment. Uh, everybody in the world has their story, and you're just in it. And if you if you get that, you know everybody's stuff is their stuff, mm-hmm. and yours is yours is yours. And so never take anything personally. Right. But it's it's more than just saying that. It's a, it really requires. And it's not it's not a heavy read at all. In fact, you could probably read this in a day or two. Um, but it's it's so simple and brilliant, and requires I think a constant re-reading and re-application in order to really get it. Like a lot of things, some things you can't just read it and now there you are. Right, right. No, I, yeah, and, and a lot of uh, books like that that are thought provoking, you you can kind of go back to again and again and sort of. You, you know, for me, I, I'll read a book or, or refer to it again. And I go, this was in here the first time. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pick this up at all. This is, it's like the, the author rewrote it to, to, you know, address my life now. Um, the book, by the way, that I was trying to remember before, uh, the, his, the historical book was uh, Franklin and Winston. And it's uh, a book by John Meekham, and it's about uh, Franklin Roosevelt and uh, Winston Churchill. And... Uh, the coach that recommended it thought that that kind of wartime relationship was worth uh, study, which is kind of an offbeat pick uh, for um, mm. a, a coaching book. But she just said, trust me, it's, uh, that's worth checking out. There's also a, a book um, a more specific to kind of what's happening today with people with their, li- with their careers and stuff called Working Identity. And uh, the, the author's name is... Erminia uh, Ibarra, I believe. And that was recommended by a San Francisco uh, business coach 
who works with a lot of people who are um, kind of trying to figure out, okay, what's the next act in my career now? Mm. And uh, said that that was a, that was a good one to, uh, for coaches who are working with clients who are trying to kind of reevaluate things and, and decide what's important for them and, uh, you know, figure out their identity. Uh, because I, I, especially for people who have had those jobs where their job is their identity, you take that job away, then they're kind of like, who am I now? I'm kind of lost. And uh, that was another another one. Hmm. Now, is that San Francisco coach? Is that somebody who was who who had a column in the paper over there for a long time? I don't. Not that I know of. <laughs> there was there was a, somebody I, I I learned about not long ago, and of course the name is completely escaping me. Who was pretty well known in San Francisco, but the that name is. Cool. Would have been funny if it's the same one. Of course, now nobody knows who we're talking about, but that's okay. No, I don't even know who I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that makes us even. And then just to, to make it, just to make sure that everything is above board, the the the, the top uh, uh, pick was the was the portable coach, and um, okay, that got you know more votes than any other. So figured. I know, that's a, I know that's been on the, the list of things for me to get to. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so one, uh, it was funny that there was uh, somebody who, who tweeted it to me, and uh, a lot of people sent these, you know, sent me emails with, with, their, with their pick and said, you know, here's why. And I think that, you know, the, the author's, you know, ideas about coaching are, uh, are, are life-changing. And, 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 and this uh, person just basically said, uh, the portable coach, Thomas Leonard, it rocked my world. I'm like, all right, rock the world. Rock yeah. my world is always. Well, Thomas Leonard is considered the uh, the, the father of coaching. Uh, a world rocker. World world rocker. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you another. Here's a surprise one for you. Uh, I would perhaps read uh, the uh, one of the audio, autobiographies of Theodore Roosevelt, in particular the rise of Theodore Roosevelt, uh, mainly because when a lot of a lot of what coaching is about is causing action and roosevelt was not only one of the most ridiculously accomplished human beings you know the more you read about him the more you you can't even believe some of the things that he managed to get done in his in his years and in his day uh he was all action right he was all action and and well thought out he was no slouch in the, in, in in intellect and it's a very inspirational read to read about uh, uh, somebody who is just so committed towards creating things that happen like right now, and in so many right. different areas of his life. Right. I, I always find that books like that. Uh, I had a somewhere in my life. I used to, or somewhere in my life, I, I made a switch because when I used to read books like that, I would always kind of approach them when I was younger, and I'd say. Well, how did that happen? You know, hmm. how did that how did that happen that this person who had this and this suddenly ended up there? Mm-hmm. And um, somewhere along the line, I, I realized that I could look at my own life and interpret it that way. And I didn't feel like it was a fluke. It was kind of like, no, I made choices every step along the way, and some of the choices I made were maybe a little bit riskier or bolder than others. 
um, but it wasn't just like, you know, you know, a genie didn't show up and just give me three wishes and suddenly I was, you know, achieving something. And when I started to read biography after that, I started to see really the kind of the threads there that lead to some of these inspirational characters, you know, that you see just how much, you know, work went into it. And, uh, and, and from that, you can find a lot of, of inspiration that, you know, as, as they say about the, you know, hitting the rock, like, you know, what, a thousand times, and it's only that last time that it breaks, but it doesn't mean that that was the one time that did it. You know, it was the 999 times that it didn't break that that were important, you know. And um, so I, I love reading stuff like that and, uh, and, and recommending books like that to other people. I, I, I love it. I get a lot out of, you know... Um, I've enjoyed reading recently a lot of um, books by uh, some of the kind of Buddhist uh, monks, you know, who uh, who are very have very modern takes on, on on Western life, and it's just I don't know how that works, but I, I get a lot out of it. And um, kind of that was one of the things that popped in my head when you went on the interview. Is like you know, like mm. sometimes I, I interpret. Uh, a coaching interview necessarily doesn't have to necessarily be a coach in the, the strictest term of the word, you know. Uh, though obviously most of the people I interviewed t- are at, literally, literally they're, they're coaches, you know. But right. I think that, like you are suggesting, coaches can benefit from hearing from some people who get kind of what coaching is about, but from a, from another perspective. Like I, I believe that, you know, there are a lot of super great sports coaches, you know, that, you know, while they're not doing business coaching, they certainly know how to motivate people. They certainly know how to, you know, how to, uh, to get at people. And, uh, and I think that that's really interesting stuff. You know, I, I mean, what, what's uh, Google's CEO, Schmidt, he just, if you saw in Forbes um, recently, you know, he said everybody should have a coach, everyone. And, uh, you know, his coach is a former sports coach. You know, so I'm gonna to have to uh, borrow that uh, quote and and make sure I put it in a prominent place, uh, like on my blog, so that people can benefit from that. Yeah, I mean, that, well, that, I'll tell you, like I have uh, a, 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 an upcoming guest. I don't know when this is gonna happen yet, but I, I I met someone whose son is an Imagineer for Disney. Imagineer. An Imagineer. This is somebody who creates those really cool things you see when you go to Disney World. And this that's, is somebody... What's that? Yeah, that, I was going to say, that's quite a job title. Yeah, that's a job title. And this is somebody who, as a kid, went there all the time and just fell in love with the whole idea of creating these things and, went, and wound up going to school uh, for entertainment technology and got a dream job that he dreamed of since childhood. I mean, dreamed almost created in a way. And so that's the kind of person that I'd love to talk to because I I love to inspire people to to dream big and then live it. Right. So here's somebody who really who really did that. I don't know that he ever had any coach other than but actually what I I do understand he had uh, his mentor was uh the the fellow who um the professor who was on Oprah who uh, he recorded his uh, no, right, right. right. The, uh, the, the, the the lecture the, the lecture the last lecture the le- yeah yes that he was that was his actual mentor wow 
Um, so I'm very excited about having somebody like that on the show. And that's somebody who's, you know, not a coach, but who, who, who I would be very inspired to listen to that man's story. And right, and and um, if you look at if you look at the the some of the quotes that that coaches will share in tweets on on Twitter, you know, there are. Yes, a lot of them are from coaches, but a lot of them are from, you know, just people who have perspective and mm-hmm. who can kind of, you know, get that laser beam on, on the issue, whether it's just, you know, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a coach that I know out in San Francisco who um, has just recently been just asking these questions in her Twitter feed, just really like, Oh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> you know, you know, what have you done today that whatever that uh, makes it makes a difference in something? You know, and that's a bad example, but they've been they've been really sharp questions. And, uh, and do you I, know I, that, what their Twitter name is? So, so we might follow them. This person, uh, uh, Ali Berlin, A L I Berlin, like the city. Okay. And she's a she's a relationship and. Uh, and uh, and business coach and but has been asking a lot of interesting questions just about you know re, you know your approach to your relationships um, in your life and uh, every time I see them I'm like wow that's a that's an interesting question well now I know who the next person I'm going to follow on Twitter is Ali Berlin yes a good Ali one. Berlin absolutely so we're just we're almost out of time we were down to the last two minutes so. Uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, let anybody know about that they might want to find, or where to find you, where to find the site, et cetera? Well, the, well, the coaching commons is at uh, coachingcommons. dot org. Uh, coaching and commons spelled C O M M O N S. And um, you, if you go to the page, you you can find me. Uh, you look at the top. There's a little little tab for coach reporter, and that's my Twitter. Uh, name as well, Coach Reporter, and uh, I'm always looking to uh, to engage <laughs> on uh, Twitter and uh, talk about stuff that's going on out there. And uh, uh, email is uh, is Mark at CoachingCommons.org with uh, anybody who wants to to talk or suggest a story of any kind. I, I was working tonight on a story that will be up um, soon. Uh, we got some talking about Google. We got some Google trend information about where people in the world s- search certain phrases about coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just the weirdest, st- the weirdest stuff ever. Like you know, uh, this small town in the UK, and that's the, like career coach. It's the fourth. Uh, it's the city that is fourth most likely in the entire world to search for uh, a career coach, and it's the little town in Surrey in the UK. I'm like, now why is that? Now, I have no idea, and I'm hoping that people will help me. I hope they'll watch the story and help me help explain it to me, because I don't know. <laughs> but there are these little, you know, like, I don't remember the exact terms, but some of the search ones came back with some very straight, like Pleasanton, California, hmm. career coach. It's like number four in the world. Wow. Uh, Mark, I'm going to thank you very, very much, because we're going to get cut off if we continue past the next 30 seconds. I want to thank oh, you. I don't want that. <laughs> very much, Mark. Joella, the... Coach Reporter with CoachingCommons.org. And thanks for being on the show. And thanks to everyone who was listening or will be listening in the future to the replay.
and we'll see you next Thursday night. Good night. See you.